Welcome to Carrot and Suffering a D&D Odyssey. I am Nate, your Dungeon Master and Amateur Cat Wrangler. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Last game was mostly a combat, so that means short recap. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Hunting for the endurance, a legendary ghost ship, our heroes set sail on the Red Siren, a ship captained by Boulain's granddaughter. They ride into the night and discover a freak localized fog cloud and ride into it to find a ship of starved and desperate men itching for a fight and a bite. What if, as we buzz by them, one or multiple of us board the ship, maybe secretly, and then as they give chase, we're on board? Looks like a starved man. The skin is all slack. There's not an ounce of fat on their face. Looks like their hair's fallen out in places, and it goes... <laughs> smells smells like tea <laughs> and then it says food yep yeah, okay well i attack battling over mystically shark infested waters our heroes seem to be winning the day when boulain is thrown overboard you <laughs> hit the ocean okay we'll we'll get back to that <laughs> i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> I, we'll find out it might be get eaten maybe i die <laughs> maybe i die <laughs> okay let's get into it Chum the Chum climbs on to the deck, and he is going to slash with his turn, hitting the one on Max and killing it, freeing Max up. Max is going to charge the one that was attacking Boulain, and he is going to utterly annihilate it. Have new ones stopped showing up? Yes, they have. Okay. This juncture, there are two on Creedon, who is now thrown overboard but dangling off the ship, and two that just threw Boulain overboard. Brings us to Creedon. You are dangling off the side of the ship. You can see two of these guys above you. And Boulain in the water below you. And Boulain in the water below you. <laughs> you, could, you could yank Boulain out of, out of the water. No, I mean, that, that is what I'm thinking of doing. <laughs> So yeah, I think Creedon is going to try to use telekinetic to pull Boulain five feet towards her. Boulain, give me a new dexterity saving throw. Oh my god, that's a five. Okay, you slam into the side of the boat, grab at the rope, fall back into the water. Oh, fuck. Boulain, you start your turn in a swarm of sharks, take 12 damage. That was just a bonus action. Oh, okay, what are you doing with the rest of your Well, actions? I don't particularly want to stay hanging onto this rope. would like to try to get back onto the boat. Sure, sure. Do I need to roll anything for that, or can I just scrabble up it? You have two choices. You can climb up the rope and be at the feet of two gentlemen who are attacking you, or you can swing on the rope and come up clean somewhere where there are not bad guys. I'm going to go for the swing. Roll me acrobatics. <laughs> oh, Lord. I rolled a two. That's a four. Oh, no. Doubled it. <laughs> You land on Boulain. Oh, uh, no. Well, at least we're together. <laughs> we're going to die together. It was almost epic. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even close. Your move is to try to run along the side of the, sh the ship. You slip, you fall. Your bonus action was to tug at Boulain. You slammed her into a piece of wood. She falls back in. 
You still have an attack action if you you still have an action if you like. Okay. To use it. Yeah. I guess I want to Eldritch Blast one of these sharks twice. <laughs> okay. Don't bother rolling. There's a lot of sharks. You definitely killed two of them. Oh, okay. Boulain, your turn starts in a shark swarm. Take 12 damage, and what would you like to do with your turn? Grab one of these sharks and cast Vampiric Touch on it. Okay. You have no problem touching the shark. You do not need to roll to hit. Just do okay. your damage. Okay. And that's 3d6. Necrotic. There are so many sharks fighting to eat you. They are biting each other. <laughs> Excellent. That's what I like to hear. All right. So that's 11, 12 points of necrotic damage, and I get six of those back for me. Okay. You heal for six. I need a concentration check to maintain control of your spiritual weapon. Oh, dear God. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was going to try to convince them that we want to cure their curse. We are curing their curse. That's a, that's a 15. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe they okay. could collaborate with us some if we can persuade <laughs> them. We haven't even tried it. I'm into, but then I fell into a pit and of You sharks. keep hold of your uh, your cool spell. Uh, what would you like that cool spell to do? I guess I'm going to, well, it's dumb to bring that one down to like hit a swarm of sharks. Isn't it? Well, I don't, I guess I could hit a shark with it. I'll hit a shark with it. How about that? Okay. <laughs> you, you kill a shark. I kill a shark. Okay. <laughs> I haven't moved. You can. What would uh, you like to do with your move? If there, is, are there any ropes that are hanging low? She wants to make a go at the side of the ship and grab Give Creedon. Give me an athletics roll. And grab Creedon to bring, to bring her along. If you grab Creedon, you will have disadvantage. Don't worry about oh. me. I have a secret plan. I'm going to have to take some damage for it, but I, I've got a way out of it. She's just going to go for the for the rope. Did you say athletics? Yep. Creedon says, go without me. Oh, but that's a 19, which is an 18. Okay, you grab the rope and you get your butt out of the water. Excellent. It helps. Zerus. How badly damaged is Creedon looking? Hurt, but doing okay. Creedon yells, don't worry about me. <laughs> don't worry, I'll be okay. Oh, God. Kind of my job, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can't let you die. He's in, big, he's in deep shit if you die. I'll be fine. Oh, it's so scary. I'll go ahead and I'll attack the two that are standing kind of where Creedon fell in. Starting with the one that looks more damaged. Attacking recklessly. That's a 27 to hit. I have too many dice. <laughs> this is a good problem. 19 damage. Okay, you hit it real bad. Okay, I'm going to attempt to hit it real bad uh, recklessly again. Okay. Ooh, uh, but 13s are hitting. Yep, it dies. 21 damage, yep. Uh, that leaves three left on deck. They are going to turn around. They're going to fearlessly charge Zerus. Fearless. You were reckless? I was. One of them misses. Zerus, that's 14 damage. You can take half. Yep. Going to bring us to Chem. Chem's going to run up, swing so many blades. He's going to use his action surge. One, two, three, four hits and a crit. He kills one. He kills two. Excellent. Max is going to run up and swing at the last one. Come on, Max. Brutalizing it with a critical hit, destroying it completely. Creedon, when your turn starts, you're surrounded by sharks. Please take 12 damage, and then you may take your turn. Yeah, well, upon taking that damage, it sucks that I had to take 12 damage, but Creedon is going to use a lovely gift from her patron. Which will already use a reaction to uh, turn invisible and teleport up to 60 feet in an unoccupied space I can see and remain invisible. You land safely on the ship. 
We can drop out of initiative order because nothing else is attacking. The ship goes quiet. The upper deck is smeared in 21 bodies. Mm. Oh, God, why did I say I was fine? Oh, being bitten by a shark really hurts. Oh. (laughs) Shark bites suck. All right, Boulain scrambles up and over onto the deck. Yeah, I'll help. Oh, yeah, I uninvisible so that you can see me. Do we want to look around or do we go back to the siren and throw the bomb on the ship? We don't know if they're going to come back. It seems like they always disappeared. Did I get enough information to uh, to religion this curse? Sure, give me your knowledge religion. All right. Peyton, let's try to. Okay. I'll That's a that one. I, I don't know. I got bit by a shark. I got a 12. I rolled a six, which means I got a 14. Unnatural swarm of sharks, unnatural weather, unnaturally alive living creatures. It's it's definitely a curse from an angry god. The only question is which one. First question, are there any lights apparent? No. As you look around, you find a variety of interesting things. Roll me investigate. I would love to roll you investigate. That is not a good investigation roll. <laughs> so six. With a six, everything looks pretty wrecked. With with Boulain's help together, we, we get a 19. Around the ship, every place where food, water, or medicine would be stored has been completely consumed, up to and including candle wax and lamp oil. Holy shit. Anything remotely edible, including any leather products, anything cloth, anything that could be boiled and chewed is gone. All that's left is completely inedible salt water, wood, and metal. You do, however, find down below deck, someone has scratched into the wall an accounting. It reads, We thought the green man priest betrayed us, and so slit his throat and fed him to the sharks. We were so wrong. That's it? It's not fast scratching stuff into the side of a ship. I mean, true. Okay, are the sharks still swarming down below now that everyone on board is dead? Yep. Yeah, there's got to be a way to break it. None of the dudes that we took out are, like, moving around or disappearing or anything, right? They're not disappearing. They're all just very dead. Okay. And what time is it? How long do we have until daybreak? You spent probably three hours looking for this ship, so you've got probably another six hours of dark. We have a little bit of time to work with then, because we have no idea what happens when sunlight comes. But I don't want to be in this cloud. It's a large merchant vessel, so there should be a cabin... There should be a crew quarter and there should be a cargo hold, right? Captain's quarters. Yep. Let's let's head to the captain's quarters first. Boulain will do a sending to 12 to say we are fine. Please send crew aboard with lights. That'll take them about 20 minutes, but they can get yep. there and get aboard. In the captain's quarters, you find a captain's log. It is old and water damaged, and you can read through it. So this is a trading vessel. Weather was bad. They were having a particularly bad hurricane season. Judging from the dates, you think this was about 30 years ago. They hired, started a practice of paying a priest of the green man to travel with them with the belief that that would protect them from storms. When a major storm rolled in, they made the decision that This person had been uh, ripping them off, and an angry crew member slit his throat. They threw him overboard to the sharks. This story is recounted. The captain's log reports that every night at nightfall, they appear randomly on the water, in the exact shape they were the moment the priest was thrown to the sharks. The food does not replenish. The water does not replenish, and starvation has not yet killed them. 
the notes get really sparse and stop after 10 days of this. It's clear from the notes that they have attempted pretty much everything and are out of food. So the question is, did killing all of them tonight end this curse or do we need to do something else? I doubt it. I don't it. think so. If the, if the fog is still around, probably not. And if the corpses have been dis- disappearing previously, then killing them doesn't relieve them of the curse. Probably? Because otherwise there would probably not have been any crew left? Yeah, because they have been dying in Whenever in they've the been battles. doing raids. Yeah. Well, if that's all, there is a note in the captain's quarters. I think we should move on to Below Decks. Below Deck, you find the cargo hold first. Uh, it is not empty, uh, but it is just full of rubbish. Unedible, broken crates for the most part. Whatever was down here has long ago attempted to be fed to something or traded or something. All right. And that leaves the cruise barracks. Yes, it does. The cruise barracks has also been destroyed. There are a few items of mild comfort here, like crappy straw pillows. Surprised hmm. they didn't eat them. They didn't try to eat the straw pillows, huh? They appear to have tried to eat several straw pillows, but uh, <laughs> there seems to have given up when it did not help. Mm. You don't happen to have any seeds, do you, Belaine? Can I do some luck roll to see if I do? Why would you have seeds? I have no idea why she would have seeds. Then no. <laughs> I have an egg. <laughs> like a regular egg? I, I have one of Bella's eggs. Actually, no, 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 that's, that's great. Let's go ahead and take the egg. <laughs> I give you my egg. I could also paint some seeds with my marvelous pigments. I haven't actually used them yet, but I can make things with paint, or any of us can. We might mo- we might not need to go that far, but let's let's see where we get with the egg. Also, what are you planning on doing? Because if we're gonna do anything dangerous, I would love to take a short rest and maybe cast a detect magic. It shouldn't be dangerous. It it should be doable during a short rest. Okay. We, we can start resting and I can start doing my little shenanigans. So the crew gets on board and looks over the dead and wasted away men. And 12 comes down and says, well, that's terrible. I don't even know how these people are alive. They're cursed. They are not quite. They're, they are cursed. Oh, well, life at the sea is dangerous. Uh, I don't know what they did, but... They wow. killed their green man priest and threw him over the board for the sharks. Wow. Winner, winner. Do not ever do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably not a great set of decisions. So what are we doing? Taking a rest. And I'm going to try and cleanse the boat. Although I can go ahead and cast Detect Magic as a ritual, which I believe doesn't take a spell slot, correct? Everything on the ship is coated in conjuration and necromancy magic of extreme power. Hmm. There's no, like, hub or anything that I can find? No, like, center? The boat and every individual has been cursed. Also, the storm and the water itself seem to give off magical energy, like they have been added to the mix. Well, by confirming the fact that the boat itself is cursed, the firebomb may be the way to fix this. It might just be a destroy-the-boat sort of situation. But how if, do we know it will not just come back tomorrow? Well, yeah, we if don't. the boat has necromancy. Let me, let me take a crack at it. I'll take the egg to the center mast. <laughs> okay. Place it down next to the mast carefully. I'll kneel in supplication. The green man, I know that this ship has wronged you, but I ask humbly that you reverse this curse and restore the balance 
to this area. It has unbalanced the life of where it is. And these souls have been punished, and balance now must be restored. Give me a religion roll. No advantage. Sad. Okay. <laughs> Regular. Hey, that's an 18, which gives me a 26. Piecing together that this is a green man curse, piecing together the story, there's a couple things you're pretty sure are true. The one corpse that was lying on the deck when you got here probably died of old age and stayed dead. Meaning that you imagine the way this curse works is that they age, they just can't die. You imagine the ship can also not be destroyed. And because the green man has placed this here, there's a couple of ways that you think you could solve this problem. One, a remove curse spell, one for the boat and one for each of the 21 crew members. Oof, and you have no spell slots left? I have one level three spell slot left, so I could remove it from the boat. And then we could set fire to the boat. Then those dudes just spend all their time drowning until they die of old age. But it's better than them killing everybody else. Yeah, oh they, they God, would spend all their so time dying illegal. in a shark swarm. Option number two. That's a lot of years. You can find some remnant of the green man priest and lay it to rest properly. Option number three. Pray for a miracle. Odds are terrible. I'm guessing we didn't see anything that would even resemble a piece of the green man that was removed before thrown in the water. Well, we weren't specifically looking for it. Can we try to investigate again? Yeah, can we investigate and see if we can find anything that belonged to this priest? You don't find anything you did not already find. My best option is how far are we from shore at top speed? You could get back to the harbor in probably three hours. Giving us three more hours of night. On this busted down ship, if you wanted to sail it, I don't think you could make it there. Oh. On the Red Siren, you might be, you would definitely be able to make it there. Well, never mind. Your other guess is that wherever this boat appears, it's probably just far enough mm -hmm. that they can't get to shore. All right. I have a thought. I will pray for a miracle. <laughs> you could pray for a miracle, but I do have a thought. Roll me a D100. Uh, Mandy, go ahead and give me your, your thought. If I remove the curse from this boat and then I perform i perform the rites of death on the boat and all of the slain crew and then we burn it down because i think arguably this ship does belong to that green man priest at this point roll me knowledge religion all right here we go it's made of wood uh, 28 not good enough 16 you suspect you have the seeds of a good religious argument that could possibly work in court Mm. Probably doesn't matter to the green man. <laughs> you don't think you can come up with a good enough argument that the green man's going to change his mind. Mm. You do know that you could use the silent judge's power as it is gifted to you as many times as you can remove curses, and that would override one aspect of the curse. There are 22 aspects. Hmm. All right. I can only use it once tonight. I'm going to try one more ridiculous thing. Okay. I'm going to stand up. I'll pull out the old axe that I don't use anymore. Are you going to gift it to the green man priest? <laughs> no. I will yell out to Sister Truth that this punishment is not civil nor just, and it destroys the balance that the green man cares so much about. 
and it should be struck down, and I will bury the axe head in the in the mast. Give me a percentage roll. Different god, different odds. <laughs> That's a 32. Nah, still not. You call to the gods and nobody answers. No surprise. I'll rage and finish chopping down the mast then. Well, Creedon would try to pray to her god. All that's all about mercy if she thought that she would get anything. <laughs> Give it a shot. Roll me a percentage dice. Sure. We can see. 79. Not good enough. Yeah. Aww. Well, here's Creedon's thought. She, I mean, she was raised in a merciful church. Does not like the idea of leaving a bunch of people cursed. However, in terms of greater good... I think destroying the boat would in theory mean that this crew would spawn at random locations and immediately be devoured by sharks. Their entire existence is suffering and hunger. When they're put down, it seems like they are at least at some kind of peace, so at least it would be a quick death until the next day, and they wouldn't be killing a bunch of other people. Not ideal. At all. And it's going to be very hard to find them again, because they're going to be teleporting around every day. But... At least in terms of solving the issue of people getting eaten, it's, I think, preferable. Since the gods don't seem to want to help, I have to agree with you. I think I agree as well. I think that is our best option. And perhaps when we go back to shore, we can solicit the priests of the Green Man to try to do something different. If we can hmm. locate these drowning people. The fog cloud should still be appearing, right? I don't know. Perhaps. They should still be locatable. They're, they will just not be on a boat. They will be in the water battling sharks every night. I do like the idea of trying to enlist some further help if we can, because I, the idea of leaving these people to suffer until they die of old age is unpleasant. I mean, on the other hand, they have been judged by the gods and found wanting. And the gods clearly do not want to fix this. This punishment is, uh, I, I think, a little too severe for the crime. Well, whether I agree or not, it's what's happening. But I agree. Let's get rid of the boat. Okay. Bulane will cast Remove Curse on the boat. I think that we should throw this bomb from the other boat. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes, we should absolutely throw the bomb. We could even give it to Sadie to drop on the deck. Oh, okay. And then come I was back. going to ask who's best at throwing, because it's definitely not Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the boat is quite large. You will be able to hit it. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> you cast Remove Curse. Boulane. The Remove Curse works, but do give me a religion roll. Not the best. That's a 12. You gain no additional information as a consequence of interacting with the magic, but you do remove the curse from the ship. Okay. She, she will lay out the bodies of the crew. and Can she roll religion to see if, like, is it appropriate to do the, the rites on them, if knowing that they're going to be back the next night? Your faith would probably dictate you do them. Okay. But you don't think it's going to be effective. Right. Okay, so she she is going to do that. She will arrange the crew, and she will do a very truncated, speedified version of the rites. And, but she will pray to the silent judge and say, Lady, if you see fit to duke it out with the green man and change this, I, for one, would be in favor of that. I guess head back to the Red Siren. I don't know. I'm kind of tempted to stay on the boat. And see what happens at daybreak? See what happens at daybreak? Yeah. Uh, Creedon does not love that idea, <laughs> because it seems incredibly risky. I don't like that idea either. 
we need to burn the boat down, and if it disappears at daybreak, we cannot do that. And that means it will be back along with its crew tomorrow. All right. I want to break off a plank. You have a plank. And I'll go back to our boat. You firebomb the boat. Get it out of my inventory. <laughs> it burns really well, oddly enough. Despite its damp nature, the firebomb is quite a powerful thing designed to burn boats. And so you kind of watch it go, burns through the night. And as dawn arrives, the storm cloud and fog dissipate. The sharks simply swim away. There is some smoldering wreckage of the boat that finishes sinking into the sea. But it didn't disappear. But there's no sign of any of the corpses, and your plank is still in your hand. At least there's that. It is time for your lesson, apprentices. It is rumored there are gates between universes studied by supplicants of the Luminous One. This, of course, is all theoretical. However, the nature of this world and the divine realm are confirmed by our prophet, Astragaria Contessa. I have told you in the stories of the divines how this world and the Feywild are like two sides of the same coin, each a shadow cast by the other. But there is more to speak of in this divine realm. After Astragaria Contessa united the twelve tribes of humans and forged the empire, she toured the universe at the invitation of the gods. According to her account, there is the realm ethereal, known as the Holy Veil, that separates the space between life and death, this world and the divine. This realm is a land of energy and spirit that is traveled predominantly by the silent judge and whispering shepherd, as they move souls between this realm and the divine. The prophet describes the realm as a clouded fog of gray, visible in the distance the light of the divine realm, and the shallow shadows of this world. Once you cross the realm ethereal, a task reserved for gods and prophets alone, you pass into the realm of the dead. Often called the astral realm in ancient magical texts, this realm is bodiless. It is an experience where all things are reduced to the shape of thought. In this realm, the soul is but a shining light in a sea of color, forming a whirling spherical nebula of dreamlike creations until you reach the core, where the souls gather having lost what is left of their mortal memories and return to a pure and calm state. The souls of the outer realm are set upon their journey to the center by the silent judge, and the souls in the inner realm are retrieved for life anew in this world by the whispering shepherd. The walk between is a journey of the soul, and along the way some creatures divert and stall. At the bottom of the astral realm there lies the places of festering evil, where the unjust dead who refuse to surrender their ideals and march the path to purity gather. This realm has turned sour and is filled with the evil thoughts of our kind. The souls who reside here are called demons or devils, though the difference is purely academic. But the preponderance of destructive thoughts in one place has made the realm an inhospitable endless nightmare and these evil souls call to those on their path to purity to try to steer them from their rightful course. At the top of the realm the gods live, and they have pulled favored souls to serve as angels, also called the Archons, though again, distinction between them purely academic. The angels serve the direct will of the gods, assisting them as you 
might assist me in my duties, until such time as they too complete the journey and return to purity. Here there is the divine kingdom, or the heavenly palace, a place of perfection governed by the twelve gods. From this location the gods can look upon creation and stretch their powers through the border ethereal to be felt by man. When you close your eyes you are not cast into darkness. There are flashes of light and sparks of movement. This is your soul remembering where it came from and longing to return. Each night you sleep your mind drifts to the border ethereal and remembers what it saw in its journey under the watchful gaze of whispering shepherd. Remember each time you close your eyes that you walked beside a god, and know in your heart that you will do so again. Whack to work, apprentices. <laughs> Twelve, can we make a note of exactly where we are, the coordinates? Yeah, we've done that. Okay. Twelve, if I need someone to validate the authenticity of this plank as being from the Endurance, can you validate that? She's going to roll a history roll. Scratch Endurance into the side. <laughs> or I can use my paint to paint Endurance. Wait, wait. <laughs> Twelve says, well, so the Endurance is like a 200-year-old ghost story, and this ship wasn't old enough to be the Endurance. So this was... This was a more modern curse. It would explain why there was this sudden increase in people seeing it every night, as opposed mm -hmm. to previously it seemed like the Endurance Tales were pretty few and far between. It might have just been conflated myths. If this was a 30-year-old ship, why is it only a problem now? Yeah, so many unanswered questions. Hopefully not a problem for tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully, at least it's not a problem for I mean, you tomorrow. The crew is going to have a problem tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're going to have a big problem tomorrow. Yeah. it'll only last thirty seconds a night. Hey, <laughs> it's true. They they will be dead much faster each I night, don't and nobody else will be dead. But I it, love it feels a bit more merciful than the alternative. <laughs> the red siren floats back into the back into the bay. It is in the next morning, and you have an appointment with a coin lord. Oh, right. oh yeah, we're going we to that. Like, oh, God, I'm we so look tired. Like hell. We look like hell. <laughs> I stink of fish. Take take the plank. Take the plank. Be like, this is what we were up to. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which coin lord is it? Is it Zask? Zustildi. Mm, okay. Yes, yeah, so and we oh. were told. Oh, and his... Right, and his right, kid right, is going right. to yes, try to blow up the yes. warehouse today, isn't he? Yes, he should. Tomorrow, you've got time to sleep and spend even a whole day before that happens. Okay. Dickie did tell us that his father would likely just tell us whatever he wanted to hear, and that we are a lamb and a lion's den whenever we go to visit him. I'm kind of wondering if we even should still try to go. Well, since we set up the, uh, the appointment, we should go. Yeah. But I can do it alone if you want. I just want my beauty mm. sleep. <laughs> Well, then I will protect you, Creedon, from those dangerous crinkles that you're trying to avoid. So you walk yourselves back to Boulain's house, then? Yes. For the moment, yeah. When you arrive at Boulain's house, there is a man outside of it holding a letter. who says, oh, there you are. Uh, late night fishing, huh? Well, you, could, you could call it that. I caught a fish this big. He says, uh, Zerus, yes. this is for you. And he hands you a letter. All right. Anything 
clear on the uh, addressing. Whoever did it has immaculate penmanship. When you pop the letter open, it says, Assassins have been contacted. Good luck. Ah. What does it say? Well, it says that we should look out for assassins. Oh, good. What exactly did the note say again, Nate? I don't remember. That's fair. It says we should look out for assassins. That's that's what it says. It says, watch your back. That's, <laughs> a big I, black I totally hand understand print. how that goes. <laughs> well, shit. Creighton checks inside to see if Dread happens to be there and sleeping. No sign of him. Max, do you know where Dread went? What he's doing? Oh no, he does this sometimes. You like you like give him give him a target, and he's like a he's like a dog on a bone, you know, like a dog on a bone. Is he a is he an easy to find dog on a bone? Um, you're better off letting him come find you. But I mean, if you need him, you could probably wander around the location. Uh, he's. I'm exhausted. I'm just gonna trust that he's okay. Elaine will lock her door in the with the three locks that she has and says, well, I can set Sadie to watch for four hours and then I can wake up and watch. Right. I do not volunteer to watch. <laughs> what are we doing about this meeting with Zustildi? Are we blowing it off? We should at least send a messenger saying that something has come up. I can go get a courier for that. Good idea. Cool. What is your passive insight? It is 10. You hand this off to a courier, the courier nods and runs off in the appropriate direction. You pass a bunch of people on the street in this process and go home to sleep. Okay. Wait a second, the, the person that brought you this note did bring it here, right? Well, we have not been making a secret of our home basing here. Ah, yeah, that's true. Whatever, we have a watch, we'll be fine. <laughs> We're fine. I'm really tired. <laughs> So we will go to sleep, setting Sadie to watch for four hours, and then I'll take over when Boulain wakes up. What's Sadie's passive perception? Is it the same as my passive perception? Because that's really good. Sure. <laughs> 16. When you get up in four hours to take over your watch, Sadie emotionally surges your attention outside. Hmm. And when you look outside with your passive perception of 16, there is down the block a little ways in one of the alleys, there's like a construction crew moving a bunch of packages. It's a little unusual. Hmm. It's a bunch of C4. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell what they're moving? What, what the packages are? Crates, wooden crates. They're big enough that it takes two people to move them. I think she is going to arm her crossbow, and she is going to wait by the window, and she's going to keep watching this crew. Actually, just roll me insight, because this is active. It's a 17. Worker crew, construction crew, who's moving these crates, they don't look at your house. They don't regard your house. They don't respond to anybody walking by. Like, They're just doing a job. Like, suspiciously so? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No, specifically not suspiciously so. But you do see down the block a little ways. There is a, a guy who's been loitering there for, you know, it takes you about an hour to notice that he hasn't moved. Mm. What does he look like? You know, trench coat, fedora. Okay. <laughs> Sus as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, she'll, she'll just keep watching him. Eight hours go by, you have achieved a full rest. No one has any exhaustion, your hit points are filled back up. Is the dude still there? Oh yeah. Okay, when Zer when Zerus and Creedon wake up and, and Max, she will she will put her finger to her lips and point out the window towards him. 
Hmm. He has been loitering there the entire time you have been asleep, I am assuming, when I was asleep as well. Hmm. All right. That's concerning, but... Well, we can go and ask him some questions. Can I take a look for anyone who might be working or communicating with him? Yeah, go ahead and roll me perception. I would love to. That's a three. So, uh, oh. so total of a he six. He seems to be working alone. Mm-hmm. Yep, certainly does. In that case, um, I think we just go greet him. All right. Okay, you step out of the house and start to move in his direction. No sooner are you out of the house than that he uh, sits down and kind of pulls out a, a you know a newspaper, flips it open, puts it in front of his face. Boulain would like to look around to see if anybody responds to this signal, or if this is a signal. That is a 21. Nobody seems to pay him notice. Why don't you two uh, take a different path? Will do, and I will send Sadie up to do aerial surveillance. Okay, roll Sadie a perception check. That's a one. Great. She sees jack shit. Zerus, you walk up to a man reading a newspaper? Yeah. Hello, friend. He looks up and says, oh, hello. I hear it's been a long night. I wouldn't know. No? Because from my account, you've been here five hours? Yeah, about. It's a nice spot to sit and read and, you know, do my job. I mean, this is just the middle of the street, right? It's a side of a street. Yeah, real cozy, it looks like. My job is sometimes uncomfortable, but this is how I pay the bills. Mm. What's your job? P.I. Oh, what uh, what firm? I am P.I. Johansson. Freelance. I try. So, uh, who are you looking for? I look around, see if there's anyone else suspicious you might be looking for. I typically charge for information, and I will tell you I am being paid quite well to not alert the person I am investigating. To my investigation. Hmm. Quite well. Hmm. What do you usually get paid? Typical going rate for me is two gold a day. Quite well is usually double that. That, that is such a small number. You, you seem, <laughs> you seem like a man who's worth so much more. And when information has a price, I guess it goes to the highest bidder, right? It does. That's how it works here in Turtle Bay. So. How about I give you 10 gold, and you tell me why you're sitting on the street, and I suspect watching me. Hmm. All right, 10 gold it is. He extends a hand. I hand it over. He says, uh, if you'd like, I can take the week off, too. And he puts it in his pocket and says, I have been paid by someone who wishes to keep their name anonymous, but they were unable to do so. Miri Soft Touch. Hmm has enlisted my employment. I believe I am a subcontractor in a larger job she accepted last night. She's looking for information on the inhabitants of the house you came out of. Bulain, Kulema, and Associates. I see. And you have no other information on why this is all together, or... I know that Miri is a contract killer when uh, she can be after being driven from her cush job as a Lock operator. Hmm. Well, that is most helpful. You enjoy the week off. Thank you. He stands up and tips his hat and says, Oh, and one last thing. That work going on down in that alley. Yeah. Also, day labors contracted by Miri Soft Touch. And he tips his hat and walks away. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Give them the information I gained. Did you happen to ask where we might be able to find Miri Soft Touch? I didn't think he had that information. 
I wonder if our own P.I. Morris might. Check it out. Mary also interviewed to be the new member of Sharp Edge of the Pub as well. She's Mm -hmm. uh, definitely trying to get close to us. Hopefully she's just uh, feeling spurned by not getting the job. I imagine she does not harbor some soft feelings towards (laughs) us, Green. (laughs) Right there in the name. Soft touch. Soft touch, yeah. Well, I suppose if we'll get some street food breakfast and make our way to P.I. Morris, the one we talked to before. Sure. P.I. Morris is open. You step in, you find P.I. Morris, skin, a middle-aged woman, sitting behind a desk, also with a fedora. The uh, excitement of the day. What can I do for you? Well, if I give you your going fee, I wonder what you could tell me about the doings and dealings and hopefully the whereabouts of Mary Soft Touch. Oh, nice. You've already learned the name of your assassin. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> the trouble with Miri is she is in town trying to find some permanent stable work. In the meantime, she takes whatever contract she can find. And the hottest contract on the block went out last night. On our heads. Good news Miri tends to work alone. She might make an exception for you, though. Who do, who do we have the pleasure of thanking for taking out this contract on us? Ha. Well, I I think you already have that information, so I don't feel the need to charge you for it. But your suspicions, I can assure you, are correct. Mm. Out of character, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's my guess is Zestildi. Yeah, probably yeah, Zestildi. Although, I actually don't want Creedon to be here. I want Creedon to have hung back and watched the alley and tried to figure out what's in the boxes. Creedon, roll me investigation. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm dog shit at that. That's how my boyfriend does it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a whopping nine. Oh, shit. Great. They're boxes. Nothing to be seen here. She must be moving. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at uh, P.I. Morgan's. Morrison's. Morris. Morris. (laughs) P.I. Morris. You just make up these names as you go along, don't you? Well, I write them down so that I won't be in this predicament (laughs) when I put them in an Excel sheet, and it was four weeks ago. (laughs) I don't know how that goes. Um, Well, and you cannot tell us anything about Mary's whereabouts? As a person without safe, stable employment right now, Miri stays wherever Miri can. Mm. Variety of inns. If money's not coming in, the street. Mm. Well, I know the most promising inns for people of her profession. We could drop by those. Sure. I think that's a fine place to start. We're going to go bar hopping. <laughs> oh, come pick up Creedon for that. Yes, we'll come pick up Creedon and start. I, I report that the boxes are thoroughly unsuspicious. <laughs> I, were you eating your breakfast the entire time that you were watching that? <laughs> Look, okay, I had to. I, I really like to watch the chia seeds absorb the yogurt and get soft, okay? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that the dockside ends are probably the place to start. You head down to the Green Worker Inn. 
The Green Worker Inn is known for its discretion. You walk in, the bartender is a, a goblin, fairy goblin, named Slimeleg. You don't know why he has that name, but he does wear some very thick pants. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll go up to the bar. So, at this juncture, it is mid-afternoon. Not a not a big drinking time after the lunch rush. Slimeleg sort of says, what, what can I do you for? Three ales, please. Taps a cask in the back and comes back with three full mugs and sets them down. Do you, uh... Let's see if they're known for discretion. We don't want to just ask outright. <laughs> How divey is this bar? It's pretty sus. <laughs> On a good day. Okay. So the docks, the way they tend to work is they sort of stretch out into the lake. And that leaves quite a bit of space above and below them. The Green Worker Inn is sort of on the lowest dock and down, like you had to come down some stairs. So, like, you are, you're in the dretches. Mm. So I'm guessing this ale tastes bad. No, it's not bad at all. Oh. We're in the city of contraband, baby. <laughs> Even the shitholes have good shit. Slime leg, uh, she, when she pays for the ale, she puts down twice as much as he's charging. I wonder, uh, we have been trying to find a certain halfling from Highlock. Well, I've never been to Highlock, but uh, maybe if you had a name, I could, uh, I could maybe think of something. Mary Softtouch? Oh, yeah, Mary. Well, Mary's not here right now, but she was here last night. All right. Has she been doing the rounds on the ends? Eh, I think she'll probably stay here again tonight. Unless she's got work. Seems like everybody knows her. Well, if she is looking for work, she is probably not being shy. That's true. So, uh, what brings three fine, upstanding church folks to the Green Worker Inn, huh? There's about some work always, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody's, everybody's interested in the work. We don't serve food much. I mean, I got some potatoes. Oh god, what do you what do you folks call the root vegetable? Beets? Carrots? Yeah, no, beets, beets. <laughs> and then when you mix the beets into the stew, it's called a um, borscht. Borscht. I got borscht. I would and potatoes. I would love a bowl of borscht. Creedon will put down a gold and also ask uh, she she'll basically attempt to describe dread uh, and whatever she thinks he may look like while he's off investigating. See if this guy's seen him. Oh yeah, no, I recognize that guy. He's kind of um, he's kind of weird. Yeah, but he's but he's our weird. Watch your mouth. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the only guy who's ever ordered a milk at a bar. Clean <laughs> frowns. What kind of milk did you give him? Yeah, that was my Which, question. I mean, obviously sea cow milk. Hmm. <laughs> when has he been here? Oh, he was here uh, last night. Did he interact with Mary? Nope. He didn't act interact with anybody, honestly. Well, I mean me to order a milk. <laughs> but um I'm curious that you carry sea cow milk when nobody orders it. I use it in my in my uh, white westerns. Mm. <laughs> Popular drink. Well, what this is telling me is that dread is on Mary's tail and I am beginning to be worried about that. Mm. For his sake or hers? Or kind ours. of his, but actually maybe I should be worried for her sake, in which case not at all. I mean, she is trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah, but we don't really know how competent she is. <laughs> I uh, I had a feeling the last time we interacted that we could take her. We have never met Mary. Oh, did we not? Nope. 
Oh, Mary, you Mary, Mary, Mary. Oh my is God! Why did? Yeah. Why have you done this to us, Nate? Mary, <laughs> Mary was the Southern Lock operator. Yeah, she's a halfling. She is a halfling. Yep. Halflings can be intimidating, though. Yeah. Holy shit! Sure. Uh, <laughs> when they're slitting your throat, they're very intimidating. <laughs> you ain't. Uh, you ain't been doing any business recently with uh, Mr. Beach Tree, right? Beach Crown, right? Yeah, Beach Crown. Yeah, yeah, Beachcrown, Mr. Beachcrown. <laughs> Beach uh, I have never met Master Beachcrown. I spoke with him once while I was here. What's up? You did? I did. <laughs> he owns this bar, and so I was trying to figure out if you uh, you were here on his business. Because, again, it's a little weird. Not this time, no. Oh, okay. Do you have anything laying around that has his handwriting on it? Uh, Beachcrown's handwriting? Jeez. What a question. Yeah, one second. And he comes back with this, um, it's like a basically an alcohol permit. Mm. And he slaps it down and there is Trafferin Beach Crown signature. Does it match the note that we got about the assassins? It does. Mm. Cool guy. Well, we now know the name of our benefactor. Hmm. I wonder why he is seeing fit to help us. She looks at Zeros. He's probably jealous. Jealous of what? Uh, well, my reputation precedes me, like your own, and uh, and so when we talked, he he may uh, he may be jealous of me and my wealth. What did you talk about? Your wealth? Yeah, you know, um, the the wealth of spirit. <laughs> the wealth of spirit. Yeah. Slime like says, "Okay." My guess is he's just heard about how we slayed a dragon and thought we could maybe be some good allies. It seems like these coin loads are all at each other's throats. I imagine whenever some powerful people I, come I am sorry, Cyrus, did you go find him? Or did you run into him? Oh, no, no, no. I, I found him. He's he's a friend of a friend. I'm still stuck on the part of this story where you all slayed a dragon. Oh, you haven't heard about it? <laughs> it was a dragon skeleton outside of... Outside of Sternheim. Sternheim's got a dragon skeleton now, too? I thought we were the only ones. No, no, that was a... It was an, Active, alive dragon skeleton that had a to be... reanimated dragon skeleton. Yes, Wait, yours is a turtle, right? It's a dragon turtle. Oh, mm-hmm. seventeen Carlos's cross. <laughs> <laughs> this is this episode is going to come out late, later enough that that will be that will make no sense anymore. It will make no sense. <laughs> the memes of May will be long dead by the time. <laughs> Let's just leave that mysterious, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you talked about your wealth of spirit. Yeah, you know. Can I roll insight on Zerus? Sure. Yeah, we can totally do this. Uh, my deception is a 13. Okay, I got an 11, and that my insight is uh, plus 6, so that's 17. There you go. Yep, definitely didn't talk about spirit. I just caught caught him okay all right he's being cagey he's being weird and cagey i'm so happy that boulain is pulling this thread because i can't imagine any situation where creedon tries to push back on the new cool zeros (laughs) to to be clear i'm not actually sure how to pull this thread she's not terribly confrontational yep aside from the side eye i don't know what's gonna happen we're going to passive aggressively beat you to death it's pretty clear that she knows you're full of shit and she's going to not say anything right now. Well, we're also in mixed company, right? <laughs> yeah. We need a gossip session, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do we want to do from here? 
I think a confrontation with Miri is the correct next step. Do we just wait here for her? Not in front of this goblin. I don't... Mm -hmm. Well, do we have any reason to think that she'll come back here? She was here for the first time last night. Also, this goblin is saying that it's weird that we're here, but it sounds like there are a bunch of people that are weird that come here all the time. (laughs) So I don't know why we're novel. Maybe he thinks everybody's weird because all non-goblins look weird to him. (laughs) (laughs) What else was on our to-do list? Well, tomorrow we've got a warehouse explosion that we're hoping kills all of our problems and probably won't. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to work. It's fine. Yeah, we, we step out of the bar to discuss, just to be clear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How long until the ritual we were, were concerned about? Uh, it is day 11 of 21. So we've got 10 days, uh, which means I could do my thing. Um, the other thing on my list is to uh, maybe do a little re- research on Bisynth. On what? Bisynth Asylum Fang self-proclaimed god king of the swamp but by synth is the name of the dragon we're gonna go who told you that oh did was that what okay that's what he told you why can't you just tell us that Zerus? i mean what are you hiding <laughs> by synth where did you hear that oh i looked it up did some research and that's the that's the name of the black dragon in the in the swamps honestly i would rather do my thing tomorrow have it well within the window of time it is a 10-day spell, so if we were 10 days out, I might as well do it eight or nine days out, right? Yeah. Wait, so are we just going to like wait around to be assassinated? Is that is that our plan? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think that's a bad plan. I don't, I don't mind walking down a few uh, sketchy alleys <laughs> while y'all watch. Your note said assassins, plural. I would not mind trying to find out how many we might be expecting as we learned from the pi there's a contract open i don't know how turtle bay works but in some places a contract open just means whoever wants to bring this in gets the prize Mm. so potentially a lot well all right we can go lurk in some alleys and invite trouble all right well this is your town where's the best place to get trouble Where's the best place to get trouble, Nate? You're actually basically there. Okay, so we're just going to go prowl around outside the inn. Creighton does want to try to keep an eye out for Dread. Minding minding our business like naive rich people. (laughs) All this gold, it weighs like 30 pounds in my pouch. (laughs) So heavy. (laughs) Is this supposed to make all that noise when I walk? We're going to attract so many people that are not married. I know. I know what I want to do. And I, well, she doesn't want to actually do this, but she wants to go to the cinnamon bar. Oh, no. Do you need support? If we're. Yeah, we should not split split up. (laughs) Someone to attack. We should not split up. There's no option. I honestly would not mind wing people on this one, but. Well, you are looking at an expert. Expert wing woman. Yes. <laughs> Going to the cinnamon pub. I press a digitation you so that you smell like. Well, everything probably smells like a nice sea breeze. No, it probably smells kind of like rotted fish, but I make you smell like a nice sea breeze. <laughs> um, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I am not aiming to impress anybody, but thank you. <laughs> Always dressed to impress.
And that is our episode for today. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson and My Pet Machine for our tunes and Juliet Elaborate Fight of Fancy for our logo. You can find them both on Facebook. What idea does Blaine have tracking down this assassin before they strike? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. 